The following episode of the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio, includes advertising provided by our network, GCN. If you'd like to subscribe to an ad-free version of the program, plus the exclusive After the Paracast podcast, please visit www.theparacast.plus. That's P-L-U-S. Once again, that's www.theparacast.plus. The gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Back at the old stand here on the Paracast, we have Tim Swartz with us. I don't know if we mentioned this before, but one of our occasional guests, Linda Godfrey, had died recently. Had you heard of that, Tim? We talked about a couple episodes ago. That's good. I'm glad we got a chance to do that because we're losing these people like flies. They're just disappearing and it's really bad, really bad. Oh, by the way here, we had a question, actually had an encounter with a guest where I brought to her attention the fact that MJ-12 was suspicious. That was Debbie Ziegelmeyer. She's the diver person who works with MUFON. And she wasn't aware of it. And then when I brought it to her attention, she never responded. And I thought, hey, maybe she doesn't like us anymore because we disagreed with her. And it turns out she had some medical issues to deal with. She sent me a very nice letter. Yeah, well, she's fine now, apparently. But, you know, we all have medical issues. Mm. Well, I'm glad to hear she's doing all right. Yeah, so it's good to hear. And if we said anything bad about her, we never apologize for anything. No, that's someone else does that. No, we're <laughs> sorry. We don't want to mention who does that because it's not fair. Mm-hmm. Okay, Philip Kinsella joins us. And we've got an interesting book of his that we want to look at right now. And it's called Sky Crash Throughout Time, subtitle UFOs. The Reptilian Man, and Strange Mysteries Surrounding Rendlesham. Philip, welcome back to the Paracast. Thank you very much indeed, Gene and Tim. I'm very honored to be on board. Thank you. All right. You had this book originally published in 2013. Is this new edition different or what? Well, there are some uh, updates within the original edition, and one of those was the subtitle. When I had first originally decided to write the book with uh, the co-author Brenda Butler, the book emphasized the fact that it was looking into more of the mysteries surrounding Rendlesham Forest. And of course, as you know, in England here in Suffolk, the American unit was here in the 1980s, and that's when things kicked off with uh, a UFO sighting or several UFO sightings. And subsequent to that, uh, when Tappelband Publishing brought the book out in 2013, it had a uh, quite a ribbing from a lot of people because they expected to hear about Colonel Charles Holt, Penniston and Burroughs and other things that occurred on the base. But it was actually an examination 
of UFOs seen around Suffolk and certainly around Rendlesham before 1980 and, and much uh, afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, Rendlesham, the whole UFO incident that occurred there, I think a lot of people don't realize that that wasn't the only one, that there had been all kinds of different activity in that area for a number of years. Oh, yes. Yeah, most definitely. And rather like um, Skinwalker uh, Ranch in Utah, you'll find these certain geographical locations that seem to be a magnet for areas of high strangeness. And I will explain to you um, an incredible encounter that we, when I say we, I mean myself, my twin brother, and a good friend of ours, Susan, had experienced on the 8th of June, 1998, at the forest. And we had quite a number of very bizarre occurrences um, that defied human explanation. But certainly, yes, you're right, Tim and Jean, the area itself promotes levels of high strangeness. And this is what we wanted to look into. Fortunately or unfortunately, when you get involved with a famous UFO case, whatever it may be, like um, Roswell or anything like that, you invariably find that there are many differences of opinions. But we actually went out and we did our field study there for just within 10 years, around 10-year mark. And um, so, you know, at least I can say, along with my brother and Susan, that we were there, uh, that we saw the activity with our own eyes. And uh, contrary to popular belief, with a lot of suggestions, especially on Wikipedia, that state for a fact that, you know, it was the Orford Nest Lighthouse that the good American military were chasing. Well, God help uh, all of us if the military mistake the beams from the Orford Nest Lighthouse, which is no longer operational, and we had seen it, uh, was responsible for all this bending of light UFO activity, which it certainly wasn't. You can throw that suggestion right out the window. But you'll see, unfortunately the promoted narrative from the system that we serve that indicates categorically that nothing happened at Rendlesham, that it was all something that can be explained. But we beg to differ. I, I have to make a point in stating that most definitely. Well, I think that John Burroughs' doctor might also disagree with that assumption. Oh, yes, absolutely. And also with Jim Penniston. And I think it's fair to assume that all of us as researchers, yourselves included, trying to find the answer, we still come up with a blank page. But I think the singularity itself appears to promote levels of high strangeness, whatever it is. People call them UFO or now the new acronym UAP, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. The system's tried to make it more scientific within its approach to the department. It was quite strange. I think the singularity seems to affect individuals on a personal level of psychic integration. And this may be why a lot of people in the center of a UFO activity do experience different things, or at least perhaps they translate them differently. But I certainly do agree with you there that uh, John Burroughs' doctor would disagree there. And certainly the whole episode of the famous 1980 event that occurred on the uh, night of the 26th, 27th and 28th, although they did go into the morning of the 27th, 28th and 29th, a three-night episode of UFO activity. But what a lot of the public don't understand, as you quite rightly stated, is that um, it's not just uh, this event that was spectacular in nature. It's almost like Skinwalker Ranch in the sense that it, this area promotes levels of high strangeness and not just UFO activity either. Um, so, yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you there. 
I should point out that we did invite uh, Brenda Butler to uh, join us on the show today, but unfortunately, she had a prior engagement and uh, couldn't be with us. So uh, uh, I'm sorry that uh, we, we couldn't have her along for the conversation, Philip. No, that's fine. And we did try all our best. Uh, as I said, you know, when writing the book Sky Crash itself was very difficult um, without treading on certain toes. Um, but also the fact that, um, you know, Brenda wanted the book to be called Life on the Move. Um, but that sounded more like a travel book. And of course, when you're writing a book on UFOs, it has to have a title that emphasizes the point categorically. I did meet Brenda, however, under the most strangest circumstances, and this also brings in levels of synchronicity within all of our lives. I remembered as a kid um, reading about the, the revelation of uh, the, this UFO activity over Rendlesham, slightly exaggerated but less understood at the time, in the national newspapers. And then all those years later, finding myself, you know, me, a little me, in the midst of this activity, and then connecting with one of the original investigators, Brenda Butler, who must be credited with the first original book that blew the case open in 1984, um, a book that was called A Sky Crash, A Cosmic Conspiracy, uh, published by Neville Spearman Limited. Now, Brenda Butler, Dot Street, and Jenny Randalls, who uh, is here in England, a prominent ufologist, wrote that book. And of course, it created a lot of waves. And I know that the three women had a lot of problems in getting the book out to the public. Um, and certainly, uh, I think some establishments wanted it to be buried. Um, so go forward many, many years later. And then, of course, uh, I met Brenda Butler, not knowing where she was in the world, while I was investigating in Rendlesham Forest. And she had been in a copse of trees. You'll laugh at this. The, my, my brother and myself and Susan saw all these flashing lights in the, in the darkness of the forest. And Rendlesham Forest is a huge place. It can be quite scary if you get lost, because you need to know where you are. You know, a lot of people don't know where they are. But we don't want to go into that because then we're insulting people and that would be keeping with the reputation for the Paracast over the past 16 years. Seriously, Philip is here, Tim is here, Gene is here, so to speak. You're in the Paracast. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. 
and I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart, a birth certificate and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. It's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented Made in America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. walloffire.com Extendivite testimonials on Amazon are very informative. Here's just a few. Amazon customer, five stars. Honestly, this stuff works. Nick, easy to take capsules. For those who can't handle the liquid drops, easy to take Extendivite capsules do the same job. Karoka Fam, works great. Like Extendivite very much. Seems to work as advertised. Thanks. Arlene, five stars. Love this product, Extendivite. Terry W., five stars. Can't say enough. Great product. Freya, five stars. I just ordered another. To get your Extendivite today, go to Extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E.com. Or call us at 1-877-928-8822. Extend your life with Frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. With Philip and Jean and Tim, we continue. We're looking over the latest iteration of sky crash throughout time. Philip Kinsella, please continue your discussion. Yeah, we'd seen these flashing lights in this copse of trees one particular night, and we thought, oh, that looks like a UFO. But no, we were disappointed because when we went further, um, I saw this lady with this white Alsatian and a gentleman. 
and they were playing some meditation music and they were taking pictures using flash photography and when we approached they appeared quite guarded we said you know uh, how are you and all the rest of it and we made our way and i had this compulsion to go back to the lady and when i approached her i said are you looking for the orbs and she stood up and she said yes why and i said well i was rather hoping to meet brenda butler and she said my dear i am brenda butler so that is how i met her and through our continuing research into the forest i gained her trust into finding out more of what was going on around the area and something that she had documented for many years because she was actually not only just one of the original investigators but she had been good friends with a lot of the american personnel on base at the time and surrounding the events of 1980 concerning the ufo activity um, that occurred there although she's you know she's very black and white and very straight laced she has a remarkable um you know archive of information that she's documented and so i thought well you know why don't we get together and, and write this book and then of course it was called sky crash throughout time as i said we had to change the subtitle in the new edition that philip mantle british ufologist here in england because he runs his flying disc press uh, we felt that it was much better for us to change the subtitle so that a lot of readers didn't get confused by what the book was all about mind you there is always the, the back cover that the blurb that you can read and we found ourselves again with a lot of not with this new release but with a lot of controversy from other ufologists or those that have all the answers i will make it plain and clear we don't have any answers in fact all we have is a blank sheet of paper but we can talk about the experiences and we can kind of like summarize that the area of suffolk rendlesham certainly within the twin bases and if you go there it's really quite spooky because there's been a lot of reports of uh, rumbling coming from underground which we have experienced there is strange light activity there was even an occasion i'll tell you where we had set up base camp there is an outer region to the forest called Capel Green and it was in Capel Green which is a big farmer's field and the farmhouse is directly in front way way uh, across from the field at this particular point we'd set up camp and laid a blanket out at that time I did smoke I went off for a smoke and my brother went off for a smoke and when we came back Susan myself from Ronnie only about 20 minutes someone had laid out on our blanket a dead rat and a dead rabbit fresh and they were positioned in a circle so that the nose from one was touching the tail to the other uh, and vice versa in this circle and we found that very disturbing and knew that you know someone was watching us or had been watching us tracking us we also had a lot of military helicopter activity that was kind of like as unbelievable as it was was trying to flush us out of the forest and remember this is public land late at night and they the heli helicopters would come so low above the treetops to intimidate us and on one occasion we decided to go back to the car we drove the car down out of the base towards an area where we could hide it susan and i decided to walk up to the base and we saw a huge convoy of vehicles with blacked out windows going into this base that is uh, supposed to be no longer in use so we didn't know what that was about and there are many other occasions that i personally have been involved in with regards to that and of course the ufo on the 8th of june 1998 at exactly 10 15 p.m at night and i'll explain that a little bit later as we get into the uh, the narrative so yeah
You know, I'm interested here in a couple of things. When we get to Rendlesham, the UFO incident from 1980, before we get into all the side effects that you're bringing to our attention, we have a book here from a guy named George Wingfield. Don't know if you know him. It's called The Rendlesham Forest UFO Mystery and Project Honey Badger. And his main point is that the phenomenon in Rendlesham involves something conventional, there wasn't something unusual or paranormal. And I think some people relate that to a UFO encounter in the U.S., the Cash Landrum episode. Oh, yes, I know of, yes, yes, I remember that case. Okay, so they kind of resemble each other in that people getting close to the presumed craft got sick, got ill effects as a result. Now, I don't know. Maybe, you know, the government has been doing some funky things, with regard to testing new aircraft, and I hear you laughing, so therefore you agree with me or think I'm completely nuts? No, I, I agree with you because we don't know. We have to be open to all forms of conjecture. We can't just literally say, oh, it's uh, this or it's that. But my argument would be when we had the experience on the 8th of June 1998, I doubt very much that uh, military personnel would extend a lot of effort into making us believe that we were seeing a projection of a UFO in some kind of holographic nature. There would be no point in that. And certainly if they were developing some kind of new latest technology, they would have made sure that the area was cleared before they allowed the experiment to take place. I mean, I've heard this before about super secret weapons technology, holographic imagery, this type of thing, which sounds absolutely awesome. And, you know, I I think that looking at that and then taking into account the Orphanus Lighthouse theory, and then, of course, the satellite theory and the prank that was supposedly done by the SAS to fool the Americans to get back at them and to, you know, making them believe that they, they put these black balloons with helium and lights on them. Well, none of these objects were found within the forest. Um, so, but it, it's certainly an idea to contemplate. Tim? When did, uh, when did Brenda Butler first get involved in the whole uh, Rendlesham incident? Well, when she was a child. I mean, she had her first experience when she was a child with her parents. Uh, and um, she had a UFO encounter herself, um, even to the point where the police had been involved and where an object had landed uh, close to the proximity of her uh, her place of where she lived, her residence, where there were holes in the ground. So I think and feel that, you know, from that point onwards, she just found herself connected with a lot of individuals who reported UFO sightings. And she was also into the paranormal as well. And she had her own group that she set up in later years. And so this is how she got involved with and friendships with a lot of the Americans on the base uh, leading up to the point of the 1980 event, um, because her partner then uh, was a musician and used to play in the bands. So she'd go along to the clubs and, you know, see the good old swings of those times. (laughs) So she'd been involved with it for a very long time. But I think that, you know, what happened is that uh, you know people didn't realize they just they just felt that uh, the deputy base commander lieutenant C- colonel charles holt who i have met and is an esteemed character we had a meal with him um very on the ball along with uh, jim peniston i've never met i've i've seen burroughs speak but i've never met him personally we're going to break now with philip and gene and tim you're in the paracast <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> 
Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. If you're like most Americans, you can see things are out of control. Global problems have local consequences, too many of them. And if the next news headline spins us into chaos, you'd better be ready. Grocery store supply chains are only as strong as their weakest link. Don't wait for them to break. Today's the day to secure emergency food for everyone in your family. My Patriot Supply is America's largest preparedness company. Our specially packaged and delicious food stays fresh for up to 25 years in storage. It'll be there when you need it. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and pick up several emergency food kits. There are a dozen different sizes that average over 2,000 calories per day. As we all know, calories equals energy equals survival. And as you'd expect from a true preparedness company, our food kits are in stock and ship quickly. Those who know what's coming are preparing today. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. USA News Update. There was fatal gunfire in Atlanta on Saturday. Police said two teenagers were killed. Authorities are investing the circumstances of the violence. Three people were killed in a house fire in Pittsburgh on Saturday morning. Firefighters were able to rescue 10 people from the building. A famous Los Angeles mountain lion is dead after being compassionately euthanized on Saturday. The animal, known as P-22 or the Hollywood cat, was found suffering severe injuries and chronic health problems after a vehicle struck him. He was put down at the San Diego Zoo. The mayor of El Paso is declaring a state of emergency in response to a surge of migrants entering the city. During a Saturday news conference, Mayor Oscar Leeser announced there are hundreds and hundreds of migrants in the city. Jerry Barmash, USA News. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to Veterans 
and nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. We actually did an interview with Burroughs where he came to the place I was living. We had the interview done right there and there. I handed him a mic. I set him up on the mixer and he proceeded to tell us everything. And he was, he was pretty nice about everything. He did a promotional announcement for us and everything. And then more recently, maybe a year or two ago, he comes out with a book about Mendelssohn. Okay, that's cool. Send me a copy of the book. Why don't you? Which is normal. You know, we're reviewing a book, maybe having him on the show. And he says, no, you must buy it. Oh. Okay. Well, I guess it's why we haven't heard from him since. (laughs) Oh, yes. Well, you know, I never, ever in any way say to someone, buy my book. I've never done that and I never will. I think it's up to the individual. If they want to buy it, that's fine. But um, I'm sorry to hear that. (laughs) Well, it's unfortunate because I understand, obviously, you want to make money from the book, be paid for what you did, be paid for your work. That's fine. The problem here is that when you're dealing with the media, you got to prepare to give out some free copies. Oh, yes, now, absolutely. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, they're not going to buy every book they're offered to discuss no one has that budget coast to coast am maybe but nobody else yes i mean i've i've always been willing uh, but philip mantle you see here sends out copies for review copies if anyone asks so uh, we've never had a problem ourselves of course it's all to do with advertising and, and incidentally we don't make a lot of money from the books that we write and i know that we've been criticized saying oh you're just jumping on the bandwagon to make a bit of cash for yourself but seriously it is not the case with myself or you know other researchers it's a passion and a drive to get the information out there you would normally find that if you send the information out there free to people they can be bothered with it they tear it to pieces at least within the area of publishing which is decades decades old you know you've got your work out there and it kind of like you know promotes you and your story and telling the people of what you've experienced but you know i've I've never had any issues with telling people to you know that they must go out and buy a copy i have heard this with some other researchers and authors i won't name here um, and i've heard stories about that so i'm sorry Well, here's the deal also. I think people don't always understand the economics of writing a book because they see these people going on TV and lecture tours, making millions of dollars. They sell it to Hollywood. They are reeling in the cash and everything. Most books, just like most musicians, you even have recordings out. Most book authors, most musicians do not make anything near a living wage from their work. Yeah, that's right. And I can assure you, 
I'm not living in a mansion and I don't have a, a chauffeur. <laughs> he quit last week, let me tell you. The guy quit last week. He said, you know, I can't work for less than 2,000 pounds an hour. <laughs> Well, you have to have a rudimentary sense of humor with it as well, I suppose. I guess that's that's normal. But I think you'll know, you know, those legitimate people that you're speaking to or you're connecting with. And I know that within any department of investigations, especially ufology, you'll have those with their ups and their downs and uh, those who want the red carpet and the accolades and those who are ardent, dedicated researchers. So, you know, that, that I do understand that. Yeah. So for some of our listeners who uh, uh, maybe have been hiding under a rock since 1980, uh, perhaps you could give us a, a brief description, <laughs> good luck with that, on just exactly what happened at Rendlesham on the nights of uh, starting, I, I guess, on the 27th of December, 1980. Yes. Well, apparently on the first night, on the, the 20s, well, it was the, the early hours of the morning when it went into the morning, was that the deputy base commander, Colonel Charles Holt, had a call to say that well, several of his men had seen what they thought, first of all, was a plane coming down in part of the forest because there was a lot of flashing and they thought that an aircraft had come down and was on fire. And, of course, uh, two of those uh, gentlemen was uh, Jim Penniston and John Burroughs, and they had been given permission to go out of the base and to go and investigate, which uh, led them to an area where Penniston had come into contact with a very strange-looking triangular-shaped craft that was like flat, not just uh, up, but uh, rather like a small stealth bomber, I suppose. And it was black with, uh, you know, flashing kind of like symbols on it that was coming in from inside. And he felt that when he approached the object, he started to become tired and sluggish. As he touched the object, he had what they call a series of binary codes downloaded to him. Now, at the same token, Burroughs had seen something slightly different. He was seeing this light that he couldn't explain. And of course, this occurrence uh, was taking place for quite some time. Uh, and when they reported back to their base commander when the object had taken off, they went in to investigate and found that most of the branches and there were some indentations in the ground along with a, a slight radiation readings but it's really interesting note to note that on the 29th um, because there was a slight gap deputy base commander lieutenant colonel charles holt was told informed that the lights were back and he and his men got ready and got themselves packed to some trucks with light alls. they went into the forest and they encountered these strange light that looked like a burning sun that was melting and moving through the trees. And this light then exploded and then split into three parts or three objects. And they found uh, that these lights were then beginning to fire beams of light onto the ground and around the men, even to the point where one of the lights had gone over to the base and was starting to flash uh, beams of light onto the secret weapons storage facility, which had obviously, you know, would have created some panic alarm and we must remember also that there was another chap as well too gary baker who worked uh, within the radar facilities and had actually recorded these objects they they'd actually tracked them but then they they reckon that the men came in and took those recordings away so you know 
we have different variations and different stories from different people. And of course, unfortunately, Rendlesham is tied up like Roswell with so much controversy. It's hard to separate the wheat from the chaff. It's very difficult to do. And you'll find that with certain individuals who had their experiences, I'm not talking about uh, Penniston or Burroughs here, but others, you'll find conflicting testimony. But I can assure you that when you hear the actual story from Penniston and also Colonel Charles Holt, they are of sound mind and they know what they're talking about. And I think and feel that this is what led to the secrecy of obviously the famous Holt memo that went out, that was leaked, that was supposed to have been hidden. Um, and of course, uh, the Office of Special Investigations, the OSI, was supposed to have gone in and spoken to members of the American military. And uh, we hear all sorts of uh, horrible things that occur there. Um, so, you know, I, I do believe that something other than uh, a normal terrestrial event occurred there. Um, other people will tell you, no, it's this or it's that. But as I said, when I went into the air and started investigating, um, you know, who am I? Um, you know, and I, I did have quite a lot of backlash in bringing the book out or stating that, you know, people need to know what happened before and afterwards. And of course, our experiences, which categorically proves that the error does have some level of high strangeness. So in a nutshell, that's what happened. But as you guys know, with Roswell, of course, that becomes, you know, so huge and wide and then everyone else gets involved. Um, and I didn't want to go in there with that attitude. I was more interested in going to see what this was all about and to, to explore this territory because we were only two hour drive away from the area from where we are here in Bedford to Suffolk. It's only a two hour drive. So it was ideal. I suppose it's no, no uh, different from someone if the, I know, I know you can't go to Skinwalker, but you know, to go and have a look around or Area 51. <laughs> uh, hey, we're going to break now. We're not going to Area 51 today. Nope. Tim, Gene, and Philip, you're in. The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream, a dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the protectors find out more at rockoids.com that's rockoids r-o-c-k-o-i-d-s dot com 
Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. SilverLungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at SilverLungs.com. That's SilverLungs.com. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right. We cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. These are the sounds of someone taking their eyes off the road. Texting while driving is more than distracting. It's dangerous. Do yourself a favor. Do us all a favor. When you're on the road, stay off the phone. A message from CTIA. I had no idea it would destroy my life. But before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call. I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers, there's only four days' worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. Do it now, before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. Go to GCNfood.com. GCNfood.com. Hello, this is John Burroughs, one of the witnesses to the Rendlesham UFO incident. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. During a trip once to Las Vegas area, we did drive out from the city, my wife and I, and we came close to Area 51. Oh. But there's, I think there, you know, it's a kind of a tourist trap, the area outside of it. So there oh, you go. Yeah, Rendlesham is not a tourist attraction site. It does promote a lot of uh, walkers, dog walkers, cyclists, that type of thing. But I don't think it has the same emphasis as rather like Area 51 or perhaps Skinwalker Ranch because it hasn't had that 
too big a connection with it linked to like you know series documentation and that type of thing because everyone's been a bit tight-lipped about it but clearly it, it indicates that the air itself is very strange and uh you know this is why we we want, wanted to go there to examine it it was very interesting um you know a lot of the things there was one occasion where we were walking down the main track to the gates of of, uh, of the, the military base uh, ben waters and um, we heard this sound. It was very much like something organic, um, heavy, that had slammed down onto the ground not far from where we were standing. And, of course, if you take incidences within Skinwalker Ranch or certainly in areas of the national forests when you hear a lot of these encounters with cryptids, most notably the Sasquatch and also the Dogman, you know, such sounds are heard. So I'm not making things fit here, but I can assure you that when we heard though that sound on that particular occasion we didn't want to hang around because it was getting quite late and it's all very well me relaying something through words uh that you know don't carry any uh, memories or emphasis but when you are actually in the nest of the activity when it occurs you know it's a very different thing and you know i have got my feet firmly planted on the ground i don't uh, you know drift off with the fairy so to speak but i can assure you it's very strange that these occurrences occur or start to happen when it becomes uh, you know twilight and everything starts to calm down and of course you know there was another event that occurred where we had experienced a spectacular ufo there in its full glory on the 8th of june 1998 at 10:15 p.m at night and that that is quite bizarre within itself because i wanted to work out whether or not you know are these objects are these is this phenomenon connected to us consciously or is there some integration of consciousness on our level i wanted to work out whether or not this was possible so this is why we performed an experiment it has been documented before in the past unfortunately uh, the main event of 1980 is the pinnacle event because it was linked with military personnel. And of course, anyone who is not linked with some kind of badge stuck to them or some kind of like uh, lead in life, it's, it doesn't seem to be applicable, does it? But I can only talk from experience. Ooh, why don't you give us some more detail about your own UFO uh, experience? Yes, well, it is. Uh, well, on the 8th of June, 1998, a week prior to that, uh, when we had been doing our investigations in the forest, I heard a song on the radio, Karen Carpenter calling occupants. And I thought, I wonder if it, that was possible. I wonder if, if we could do that just as an experiment. And people laugh now. And of course, going back to 1996, um, I had an article published called Spirits in the Material World, trying to uh, integrate uh, consciousness and to see whether or not, um, you know, the UFO activity is interdimensional in nature, along with consciousness. So a week before we went to the forest, we set the date. And we meditated. We did a little circle, me, Ronnie, and Susan, and we sent out our thoughts to them, whoever they are, what they are, to say we're going to the forest. We're not going to take any equipment with us, recording equipment. We just want to see them if that's possible. And, you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, that's a cop-out. You've got to bring evidence. Well, whatever evidence you bring to the table, unfortunately, will be con continuously refuted. You know, even if you, let's just suppose and say here that you had a piece of the alleged Roswell spacecraft or the crash ship, whatever. Let's just suppose you, sh you showed it to someone, they wouldn't believe it. 
So we did the experiment. And on the 8th of June, 1998, we had gone into the forest. It was a beautiful night. The stars were out. It was a clear night and the moon was out and we had gone into the area of the Capel Green, the farmer's field where allegedly a lot of this activity had occurred um, with the lights going back to 1980 with the, mil the American military. So we found a spot that we thought was applicable. At this particular point in time, half of the field was just dust and dirt and the other half was crop. And we were rather cautious of going in into the farmer's field because, you know, he's known to come out and fire off a gun to try and scare off people quite rightfully entering his field. Mm. The time was roughly around about 9.30, 25 to 10 at this point. And we sat in a circle. And yes, we meditated. Isn't that crazy? But that's exactly what we did. At seven minutes past 10, when we'd finished our meditation, we didn't know if we'd been heard. I mean, we just wanted some evidence of them. We suddenly caught sight of a red light to begin with that seemed to be coming from the farmer's house. And we thought, first of all, that we had been clocked, that he'd seen us in his field and was getting in a car. And as we started to draw back to the, uh, the edge of the um, forest or going into the forest, as it was, because it's a part, it's a bit hard to explain um, where it seems to go round the farmer's field. As we were entering back into the forest to take cover, I stopped and realized that a car light isn't red and there was only one of them. So... As we look back, we saw this light approaching. It seemed to be like a, a catheter wheel going round and round, catherine wheel going round and round and round. And then it shot very quickly and very fast into the area where the crop was growing. And we thought that was exactly at seven minutes past ten. We thought that was it. However, as we were standing there looking and using our binoculars to see if we could see this light further down into the area of the forest where the um, farmer's crop was growing, there were some huge trees. There was a flash of light above one of these trees. It was an intense flash of light and there was an incredible object. It was like a, a pyramid with a gap and a circular undercarriage beneath it. It made no sound, the top half of the pyramid-shaped object started to move one way and the circular undercarriage, the appendage, started to move the other. So it was like clockwork. The lower part of the object had a bank of blue lights around it. The top object had all this light coming th from it, from within its core. As I said, it made no sound and I couldn't believe what we were looking at. It looked like some ornate machine so I get the binoculars and have a good look at it. Ronald, my twin, gets the binoculars and Susan does. And then I start to take off towards it. And as I'm starting to run towards it, I'm shouting back, tell me that it's a pyramid. Tell me that it has a circular undercarriage because I wanted to confirm that what I was seeing was the same as what Susan and Ronald were seeing. And I started to run through the crop that was wetting my jeans because uh, obviously the dew from the plants. But I wasn't concerned about that. I was more interested in getting closer to this object and looking at it. And as I got closer and closer, um, I realized at that point that I couldn't work out what it was I was looking at, except that it was a pyramid-shaped object with a circular appendage. It was quite big. And as I got underneath it and tripped, it just went out as though someone had turned out the lights. And I fell onto the ground and took a lot of dirt into my mouth, spat it out, and then I laughed, and then I cried because I thought, my God, this is incredible. And of course... 
from that moment, we were stunned. We hung around for about an hour. Uh, nothing else occurred. I examined the area. There was nothing. There were no aliens, I'm afraid. And when we got back to bed for the next morning, I, morning, I contacted UFO magazine. We were told by an editor to create a full report. And then this editor, who gave me the name of Bream Forbes, told me that he would send the information to Peter Robbins. I d he had no idea that I knew Peter Robbins, or I didn't understand why he would think that Peter Robbins would want the information. So we sent the information, all of it. And um, a few months later, I didn't hear anything, and I phoned the magazine up. And they said they had no editor of the name of Bream Forbes. And I thought, well, there's no conspiracy here. This is ridiculous. They were the magazine that I sent the information to. Where has it gone? What's happened to it? So that was the experience that we had on the 8th of June, 1998, at precisely seven minutes past 10 and 15 minutes past 10. Again, you know, people say, oh, it's because the military are projecting holographic, you know, images for you to believe that you are seeing UFOs. So what, what would the point be in that with three, um, excuse my French here, but relatively unimportant individuals, you know, to trick us into believing we were seeing a UFO? What a waste of time. And people say to us, it was an optical illusion. No, it was not an optical illusion. I can assure you as fact, as God has my witness that is exactly what we saw and it was quite spectacular within it within its nature but we've never seen anything like that since never you're going to see this for a couple of minutes and then we'll hear from philip kinsella and gene steinberg and tim swartz are in the Pericast. thank you for listening to gcn Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. You don't sit behind a desk every day to earn a living. You're out and about making it happen. And sometimes you get a little bit behind on your paperwork, you know, like bookkeeping and paying your taxes. It's easy to get behind on paying your taxes. It happens to the best of us. And you know what happens next. The big, bad IRS comes knocking on your door. And when that happens, you need to call the good old boys at the tax doctor. Let them do what they do best. Deal and negotiate with the IRS so you pay the lowest you can in back taxes that the law allows. We are a 100% U.S.-based company, and we've saved our clients millions over the years in back taxes. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call my friends right now at the tax doctor and learn more. 800-507-3137. 800-507-3137. Eight hundred five zero seven three one three seven. 
That's 800-507-3137. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Jane Steinberg. We continue with Philip. Looking over all the crazy things that have happened to you in or about the area of Rendlesham, what do you think was the absolute craziness, or is that something you've already told us? Uh, I'm sorry, Gene. What, what do you mean? In terms of your experiences, what do uh, you think Rendlesham? was the most, yeah, with, with that, yeah. the that vicinity was, of Rendlesham? That was the pinnacle. The 8th of June 1998 event was the pinnacle event. And it's something I've never forgotten, not even to this day, after all these years. We did make a full report about it the very next day. We wanted to keep it fresh within our minds. So someone somewhere has got the reports and the pictures that we drew. It just hasn't come to to any attention. And it's not like, you know, this is the really nasty thing about it. People will say to you, oh, you just want the fame, you want the publicity. But there again, if you don't report what you've seen and you don't voice your opinion that you've been through this experience, then what what happens? It's almost as if there's a part of you crying out to say, this phenomenon is real, it exists. We don't understand what it is, we don't understand where it comes from, but you're attacked on both sides, so there, there's no way of winning. And this is, the, this is the horrible psychological weapon that people use against you continuously, and it doesn't bother me anymore. When you've been touched by this singularity, I think a lot of people find that there is a history of it, not just with Rendlesham, but with the individual themselves going into their past. And it's almost as if on a personal level of integration, this phenomena is somehow, how can I say it, changing us. Um, you know, people become more open and not so plastic. We serve a system that's intent in creating us as walking robots or, you know, automatons that are there to serve it to believe what the system tells us is truth when it's not and these cracks are starting to appear and one of the other things you'll find is that i think we're discovering now is that there are psychic components on a conscious level that's connected with this phenomena it's not just oh it's a ufo coming from another planet um you know there are several other theories and i'm very open to all of them because most researchers are quite you know, adamant that oh it's us from the future or it's you know demons coming from another dimension or it's um, aliens coming from Zeta Reticuli, I think we're finding that this phenomena is very multi-complex and is very clever in the way that it reveals itself to its audience or its to experience or abductee or whoever. So I think that, you know, in a lot of cases with regards to the UFO phenomena at present, we're beginning to find now where we separated certain categories like cryptozoology, ufology, you know, ghosts, all this type of thing, we're beginning to realize there are common denominators that fit one to the other or connect with them. So, you know, this is very interesting in terms of what 
the phenomena itself may be or may represent on a universal level. But certainly, it's clever enough to mix up the events to make out that, you know, one person is seeing this and another person is seeing that uh, in most cases. So, you know, I think that looking at the Rendlesham case itself is very complex. And you'll find that a lot of people have fallen out. (laughs) They don't get on. Some people are rigid within their belief system and stating, well, it's this or it's that but you have to be there this is what i'm saying you have to be there in order to understand what that feels like if you've done your investigations and you've actually been there in your boots and your coats and your 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 torches and your your hot coffee it changes a lot of things it's all right for a lot of people who do their research and uh, within their armchairs if you're actually there yourself it changes everything so there's a lot of differences with regards to that you know so you know i believe that there is something i believe that it is not terrestrial in nature i think that we may be looking at a phenomena that seems to be activated through or via our human consciousness rather like us entering a nest and then of course it triggers that nest or whatever's in the nest of activity uh, that wants to promote these levels of high strangeness i wanted to ask you about this affecting your consciousness are you talking about the collective unconscious there It is possible. I mean, the mind is the component that works through and translates through the human brain. No different, say, from the signals that go through to your mobile phone. You've got the physical apparatus of the mobile phone, and people think, oh, it's a snazzy device, but it's actually the phone itself. And each mobile phone receives information and also is able to send information out. And if you look at the multitude of other phones around the world and all the signals going out there, there are billions of signals emanating into the ether. So why should consciousness be any different, although on an organic level, that we are producing projecting images and information out continuously over and over again. The mind creates the most beautiful things. It also can create the most horrendous things. Uh, But who's to say that perhaps that through our sending this information out that we haven't created our worst nightmares, as it were, that's now coming back on a level or certain levels uh, to interact with us. So is it the fabrication of imagery or information that we're sending out into the ether? Are we creating this on a different level? It's possible. We, we cannot deny that, you know, because everything we create is via the mind and, you know, films and music and, you know, creatures, all sorts of things that we manifest and create and we bring to life here. But who's to say it doesn't have a life of its own? And of course, when you go back into mythology, um, when you had the fairies and the gnomes and all the rest of it, you know, most people believe they're real. It it, is true to say, and some people believe they're myth fantasy. So I think that the consciousness has or may have a great deal to do with this, a great part to deal with this, because we are, after all, creators of the mind. We don't understand enough about the mind, and and the simple reason is because it's so contained from a system that tells us that, you know, this doesn't exist and that doesn't exist. But it could be possible that there are other dimensions of reality that are mind, and that this intelligence or this form or this creation has found its way back through to us on some level. It's an interesting hypothesis, isn't it? (laughs) Do we separate then that from the possibility of physical beings from another planet or from the multiverse? Well, that's an interesting question, but 
take this as an example. The famous case of Betty and Barney Hill, which you know happened uh, in New Hampshire, sure. 1961. And of course, you know, Betty and Barney, a lovely couple, were abducted by these greys, a grey alien type beings. Betty was shown a star map to show which star system they came from, which was denoted or they found out through Marjorie Fish, who created the star map, that it was Zeta Reticuli. Well, my argument is, do you really believe that these great aliens had traveled all the way from Zeta Reticuli just to capture this lovely couple? The other question is, are there planets orbiting that binary star system? And so far, in terms of extrasolar planets, I don't think so. But you made the point there, can we believe what information they convey to the hills? Exactly. You know, they obviously know enough about the star systems to show Betty and to perhaps tell her through lies that they were from this system. But why would they travel all that way just to kidnap this couple? And also a point of interest with regards to that case is that when Barney was being examined, you know, the examiner came in and tried to pull Betty's teeth out. They couldn't work out why Barney's teeth came out. And of course, Bessie had to explain to them that he, he, he was wearing false teeth. And of course, so is this the first time they'd adopted a couple and they'd come across a human that had false teeth? No, I think there's something far deeper that interlinks with this. And of course, when you're dealing with abductions or levels of abductions, the abductions seem to come on a completely different level from the so-called physical interaction of UFOs. Um, remember that Betty's dreams came through in dream state. Her, her experiences came through on a deeper level of the subconscious mind. So my argument is, are these entities able to infiltrate into the pathway of our consciousness itself on a different level altogether? Um, you know, and, and this is something I've been looking into. Hey, you know, I'm going to ask you something else about the Hills in our next segment. Of course, Barney Hill died in the 1960s. I did meet Betty Hill a couple of times. This is back in the 1970s. Seemed like a perfectly nice woman. Who knows? Philip, Jean, and Tim, you're in the Paracast. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. First, we decide where we want to go. Then we need to know the best way to get there. Hi, my name's Adam Barada. I'm the owner of Advantage Gold. We're the highest rated precious metals firm in the country. We teach people how to own physical gold and silver. Now, we've won the Best of TrustLink Award four years in a row because we educate our clients on how to buy gold and silver the right way. We don't pay celebrity spokespeople millions of dollars. We'd rather pass that value on to you. 
Call 800-900-8000 and speak with one of our experts. We'll send you a free gold kit along with my latest number one national best-selling book, The Great Devaluation. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Get the best information, the best process, the best service, the best value. Call Advantage Gold at 800-900-8000. Call 800-900-8000. Advantage Gold is not an investment advisor or a tax advisor. Consult with your financial advisor before investing. Call 800-900-8000. Who listens to radio at night? EMTs, truck drivers, law enforcement, and many other hardworking people just like you. Buying products and services from companies just like yours. Many companies owe their success to radio. It's the engaging medium. Call 877-996-4327 or email advertise at GCNlive.com. That's advertise at GCNlive.com. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented, made-in-America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Now, people, of course, attack me over this, but I'll repeat the theory once again. The Hills live near a military base. Many of the people that they knew as friends were in the military. And I thought, is it possible they were the victims of some kind of government mind control experiment? I mean, we have to understand the government of the United States has pulled some interesting stunts in terms of experimentation. Here we have the early 1960s, the civil rights era, an interracial couple already suffering because of the discrimination that existed them particularly would they have been subject to some kind of experiment that is a very interesting speculation and one that has to be left open 
you hear so much about, you know, these experiments, mind-controlled experiments, and I have no doubt absolutely that they have occurred and still continue to occur. Uh, when we're dealing with the mind, uh, it becomes very messy because there's no way of establishing what is fact and what is fiction. You know, the same applies with a lot of people that state that they are in con contact with the Galactic Federation and so on and so forth. Most of these come through the dream state, but we have to be very careful. Because when we're dealing with areas of psychic phenomena, we realize that mediums and that remote viewers also uh, tend to bring back a lot of correct information. Were the hills set up? I don't know. My own personal belief is that they had experienced something that was not of this realm. But at the same token, we don't understand why this occurred to them and why it had such drastic events upon Barney's health. And also, a lot of UFO activity does seem to occur within and around military installation sites. Take Roswell, for example. I'm sorry, I know people roll their eyes up. But again, we have the case of the Roswell event happening near a military installation. The same with Rendlesham, again, near a military facility. So it does make you pause and wonder whether or not there is some kind of military connection here. Now, it is also true to state that our own military type lipped about UFOs and certainly going up in the base of command, it becomes even messier. Are we dealing with interdimensional craft or beings? Are we dealing with physical beings? If we go back into UFO history, you know, most notably in the 1950s, we had the Space Brothers, but no one really saw them. You know, they, they came to certain individuals who claimed to be famous contactees, and we never saw who these Space Brothers were. It was all very secret. And again, people suggest that perhaps that these contactees were set up by military establishments to uh, state that, you know, to mess up the whole subject matter. And it's possible to be used to cover up the real reasons of behind the UFO phenomena, which could be some kind of psychological experiment. We just don't know. My own personal take, my own theory is that there are UFOs, such things as what we call UFOs, but we don't yet understand enough about what they are or what they represent. But it's, it certainly gets very messy, doesn't it? <laughs> well, speaking of messiness, I'll give you an example. And Nick Redfern tells of this from time to time. Orfeo Angelucci, one of the contactees, meets somebody, I think from the military, one of his contacts anyway, in a diner and takes this tab and then, as they say in that song, A Day in a Life, he went into a dream. Yes, and that's very strange. It's almost like the Men in Black, the famous cases where in the films they had a light and, of course, they wiped your memory. You've got to have a sense of humor with this. I no doubt that the military themselves or certain factions of secret military units have been exploring how to promote control, mind control, or, you know, implant dreams, kind of like, you know, control people. There was a case, a very famous case in America that made me think a lot about that, where the, the guy went into a cinema through one of the showings of one of the Batman movies, I think it was, and then shot people. And I always thought that was very strange because the guy didn't understand what he was doing. And it could be possible that certain military factions or secret factions have been using certain individuals to see how well their weapon could work. And of course, you know, 
when you're dealing with psychic warfare, that's a different ball game altogether. I don't understand, however, with regards to the hills, why the military would promote this to such a, a lovely couple. I have no idea why they would instigate that. Indeed, they were interested in the actual UFO itself with the extendable tips on the sides that came out. Now, the military seemed to be very interested in that. So I think from that they did experience a UFO or what they considered to be an object not of this world and had interacted on another level with these beings. So, you know, I know there are two arguments to that, but that's my take the way I understand it. I want to go back to Roswell for the R word, folks, and people are sick and tired of Roswell, but there's always something to talk about. So we have the initial incident where they recovered a flying disc. They didn't say it was wreckage in the original release. Then, no, here's that photo. It was just a balloon. And the story disappears for over 30 years. And then Stanton Friedman talks to somebody, I think around Pittsburgh, as I recall, late 70s, this person explains what happened, all the information that has been kept under wraps for over 30 years. And then lots of people come out of the woodwork remembering this. And the question is here, separating the uh, reality, the original event, then the cover-up, quote-unquote, of the event, and then memories over 30 years later, living through cultural changes, imperfect memories, coming up with a story that we, or a lot of people in the UFO field accept now. But the problem again is, what happened during that intervening years from the time of the burial of the story or the end of the story and its resurrection? Yes, understood. But one of the things I find very strange was that, first of all, in the Roswell newspaper, the military admitted that they had in their possession a flying disc and then changed it to that of a weather balloon, a secret right. weather balloon. Now, one of the th key points here, which is very interesting, is if the American military or the army at that time had in their possession a top secret weather balloon, they would have been tracking it. They would have known about it. But unfortunately, it took Mac Brazel, you know, who went into town with pieces of this said debris to uh, Sheriff Wilcox. And of course, who then in turn uh, contacted the army Roswell airfield. And that's where the story changed. My argument is, if first of all, this was some kind of secret weather balloon, the military weren't aware of its whereabouts. They didn't even know it was, it was about. So that was one of the contradictions within the story. And of course, back in the day, the only way of communicating was through the telephone, the television, and also with regards to newspapers. So I don't know. My brother, has, Ronald, has written about this and suggests that perhaps it was some kind of Trojan horse in the sense that whatever this thing was, wanted to deliberately down itself for the military to find pieces of the debris and back engineer it. But there again, you see, there's been a lot of reports of these crashed UFOs or alleged crashed UFOs around different parts of the world. And we believe or are said to believe that the wreckage is sent back to America where it's analyzed and studied. Let's study this, folks. Philip, Gene, Tim, you're in the Pentecost. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. 
frustrated trying to get business capital? Want to take the slow process and rejection out of the equation? GCNloans.com removes the slow, irritating approval process. Instead, get quick, simple funding. Powered by David Allen Capital, 80% of our pre-qualified clients are approved in days. Pre-qualify at GCNloans.com and get your money this week. It's that easy. GCNloans.com. That's GCNloans.com. Silver has always been nature's very own antibiotic, and only one system allows you to generate an endless supply of natural silver solutions. Silverlungs.com. You'll find no wild claims or pseudoscience, just a lifetime of nano-sized pure silver solutions. The Silver Lungs generator allows you to make your own, so stop paying for silver solutions. The unique lung delivery system targets respiratory infections where other silver solutions simply cannot reach. See the Silver Lungs generator and lung delivery system at Silverlungs.com. That's Silverlungs.com. USA News Update. World Cup fever is here. Argentina's soccer sensation Lionel Messi, his jerseys are sold out ahead of the World Cup final. Adidas says all its store shelves around the world are completely empty of the Argentina number 10 jerseys. The German company says it's rushing to get more Messi jerseys in stores as soon as possible. Messi, one of the greatest soccer players ever, he will attempt to win his first World Cup when Argentina faces France in Qatar later today. North Korea firing a pair of ballistic missiles, its first weapons test in a month, with the hopes of those missiles eventually being able to reach the U.S. mainland. Sharon Osborne, 70, the wife of rocker Ozzy Osborne, is home resting comfortably after suffering a medical emergency while filming a TV show in California. Corey Myers, USA News. If you're like most Americans, you can see things are out of control. Global problems have local consequences, too many of them. And if the next news headline spins us into chaos, you'd better be ready. Grocery store supply chains are only as strong as their weakest link. Don't wait for them to break. Today's the day to secure emergency food for everyone in your family. My Patriot Supply is America's largest preparedness company. Our specially packaged and delicious food stays fresh for up to 25 years in storage. It'll be there when you need it. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and pick up several emergency food kits. There are a dozen different sizes that average over 2,000 calories per day. As we all know, calories equals energy equals survival. And as you'd expect from a true preparedness company, our food kits are in stock and ship quickly. Those who know what's coming are preparing today. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. MyPatriotSupply.com. I need answers to my tax questions. Where can I find them? Need answers? Try our interactive tax assistant on irs.gov forward slash ITA. Simply select your tax questions, provide your information, and it gives you answers. Also, check our help and resources page and try our online tax map. 5,000 tax topics from A to Z. Plus, you can access forms, publications, in a variety of formats. One in three adults has prediabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has prediabetes, with early diagnosis, prediabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. 
Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Hi, this is Tracy Torme, screenwriter, producer. You're listening to Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Of course, when we talk about the Americans getting a hold of the wreckage of a flying craft, of course, we have the Roswell case, but we also have Virginia in Brazil, 1996 crash UFO being seen, maybe related to all that, recovered, taken by the military, and then allegedly being transported to the U.S. Now, we had on the Paracast a few weeks ago, as regular listeners know, James Fox, director of Moment of Contact, a documentary about Virginia. Now, one of the people seen there and somebody who was on the Paracast five times was Brazilian researcher A.J. Gavard. Really, really nice guy. And he died recently, unfortunately. And we wish our best to his family and friends. But as they say, they're just going. The people in UFO field wanted to mention that. Amongst the subjects we discussed because of his status and everything. But we go back to Virginia, it's the same thing. The U.S. military has a hold of it. And I wanted to discuss one of the case after that. But what do you think, Philip, about the military in the U.S. having the monopoly on the wreckage of crashed UFOs? Well, the United States of America is one of the supreme forces within the world. I have to acknowledge that, you know, your country has one of the best scientific teams in terms of intelligence and command. So I think and feel on some level, there must be some kind of agreement from other countries that should some kind of um, ultra or extraterrestrial wreckage come down and notice how they always come down in relatively remote regions so there must some be some kind of contract or clause that the wreckage or the whatever's found is shipped back to the united states for their analysis but unfortunately the operations are so top secret a lot of the evidence is mere hearsay we have that from of course the late colonel philip j corso who wrote the book the day after roswell with William Burns. You know, there's so much speculation and controversy. You get some people stating that, well, you know, uh, the way that we've made leaps uh, forward with technologies due to crashed alien technology. And at the same token, we have people stating, no, that's not the case, that we found our own way forward. So I think and Phil, it's very strange to assume that these UFOs are coming down deliberately in remote regions or not actually in hugely populated areas where I think it's very rare indeed for that to happen, which begs the question why? You know, is this intelligence, whatever it is, deliberately downing some kind of like Trojan horse or something for us to find? And why is it that a lot of the cases of the aliens reported or allegedly reported through these crashes are quite different? We first have to talk about reverse engineering. And I want to oh, get yes. back to that because you dropped it, that book, Day After Roswell. And William Burns did come on the Powercast a few times in the old days. We've tried to get him back on the show and haven't heard back from him. I hope he's okay. In any case, the book, The Day After Roswell, was, as far as I'm concerned, total nonsense. Because Philip Corso made statements there that simply don't make sense. That suddenly he's an insider who's 
the bagman for alien technology. And when we look at the history of the alien technology he allegedly handed out, there are perfectly reasonable histories, such as from night vision goggles that date back to the Germans in the 1930s. Perfectly reasonable theories. And so I think in large part, Corso's statement was basically discounted. The other question here is, if a spacecraft containing advanced technology crashes here, would we be able to do anything with it? And I'll give you an example of that. Take your iPhone. Today, the iPhone 14 Pro is faster than most personal computers. It's a little tiny thing. Now, consider what that is. And I'll give you another example of, of how technology advances. Today, you want to buy a hard drive for your computer. Each gigabyte of data costs about a penny. Okay? Costs about a penny. Back in the late 80s, I paid $1,200 for a hard drive with 100 megabytes, 10% of that. In other words, my $1,200 investment would today be worth a tenth of a penny. But okay, take an iPhone, go back to 1947. Hand it to the top scientists of that day and say, okay, figure it out, folks. (laughs) Well, I have to say to you that my idea of of what we call or we can only dream or because I've I've never come across a crashed saucer. But my idea is, you know, their technology would be so far in advance of ours that we would not be able to understand it. It would rather be like, as the old saying goes, a chimpanzee being handed, you know, a, as you say, a mobile phone. They wouldn't know how it worked. But it could be possible to some degree that whatever this intelligence is behind this is kind of like uh, integrating its idea of how we would evolve. I mean, that's one area we can take. But I agree with you that a lot of these reports of, of UFOs and people that go in them, you know, they've had, uh, you know, visits around the anti-gravity mechanisms and, you know, uh, seeing how they work. It's all very childlike uh, within its quality. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I do firmly believe in the UFO hypothesis, um, you know, but I don't believe that we would be able to get our heads around how such objects work if they are indeed coming through some kind of interdimensional wormhole or, you know, however uh, they're doing it is quite incredible. And it's clear to see that I don't think that a lot of them are coming through space because, as we found, there's a lot of difficulties through transversing space and a lot of energy has to be accrued through that. So it's possible that these are Objects are integrating themselves into our level of reality through an interdimensional means. So, again, I don't feel that we would be able to understand it. You're right also, Gene, in terms of Roswell, you know, finding like wires and these types of technology. I don't seem to buy that on some level. I I can't get my head around it because whatever intelligence crashed would you know, clearly indicates that we would know how to reverse engineer that technology. And of course, we apparently had done it. Um, so I'm not so sure about that. I, I can't, you know, make an assumption on that. But I agree with what you're saying totally. The other thing I worry about with these crashes is that I assume if there are a number of space people and their craft visiting us, they have contingency plans in place. So if for any reason one of their craft crash lands, wouldn't they arrange to recover it and maybe use some kind of mind control technique so we didn't remember what happened? 
Consider Roswell. Did they actually did they actually take something back, or did the UFO knots, whoever they are, do something to recover their craft and make sure that we had memories of the event that differed from what really well, happened? It yeah, doesn't make sense. They wouldn't do anything unless they're, of course, we're talking about alien technology, alien motivations and everything. But I know we primitive earthlings, if one of our aircraft crashes, we do something about it. We want to get to the scene, see what's going on and deal with the damage. And also, if it's in another country, make sure the military in that country doesn't learn our technology. Yeah, I mean, it's like a lot of people are saying, let's give an example here. Something I'm very interested in is with regards to the abduction phenomena and creating some parallels with the abduction phenomena and, uh, you know, why it is that, you know, these aliens, when they come in close proximity to an individual, if they had this technology, why don't they simply beam uh, the abductee or the experiencer up to their awaiting craft. Why is it that the entities in most cases have to be in close proximity to the individual as an abduction is being initiated? I can imagine they saying, Klaatu, beam me up, Klaatu. There's no, by the way, beam me up, Scotty. Captain Kirk never said that here. We said, Scotty, beam me up. Had a head with a name. So it's Klaatu, beam me up. In the meantime, Philip will beam up to join us on the After the Paracast podcast also. That's part of the Paracast Plus streaming service at theparacast.plus. Gene, Philip, Tim, you're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. 
Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. Do you need to get your hands on some extra money right now? Maybe 25000 or more? If you're a homeowner, now is a perfect time to get cash out while homes in many neighborhoods like yours have gone up in value. You can use the money for anything. It's yours. You can buy an investment property, pay off higher interest debt, or make home improvements. If you need 25000 50000 or more, now is the time. Home values are up, and so is your equity. We offer you a way to use it. No need to use your savings. Call New American Funding now and see how much cash out you can get. Call 800-721-2477. 800-721-2477. That's 800-721-2477. NMLS 6606. www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. This is not an offer or commitment to lend. Subject to borrower and property qualifications. Not all borrowers will qualify. Terms and conditions apply. Equal housing opportunity. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. And I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart, a birth certificate and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. The question is, with that segue there, would Tim Swartz be beamed up or sent back? I wanted to bring something there into play because we're talking about crashes briefly. And that is Chapter 11, A Visit to Wendell Stevens. Yes. Now, forgetting everything else, his legal problems, which are of very serious concern, he wrote this book called UFO Crash at Aztec, Aztec, a well-kept secret. Now, in the early years of the Paracast, we featured Scott Ramsey, an independent researcher from back east who investigated Aztec, spent apparently like half a million dollars to finance it, wrote a book about it, which came out in two versions, the original self-published book. Then he got another publisher to handle it. But when we talk about Aztec, it's the case that never dies. You dig a stake through it, like Count Dracula, and you remove the states back. The problem with Aztec is that the evidence, and I've looked at it over and over again, is very threadbare. It's based on the claims of two con men 
in a book called Behind the Flying Saucers from Frank Scully, written in 1950, oh, yes. he being a gossip columnist, not a serious journalist, a gossip columnist. And yes. that's fine. It was a perfectly normal UFO book, and he brings up this crash. But people in Aztec, New Mexico, in 1948, when this allegedly happened, don't seem to have a cultural memory. In fact, on our After the Paracast podcast, part of our Paracast Plus streaming service, some years back we interviewed somebody who lived in Aztec at the time this happened, and he said, didn't remember it, went to a class reunion years later, 50 years later or something, and he goes and talks to his friends, do you remember any of this? No. Then he talks about the book from Ramsey, and he said he got a lot of places wrong, a lot of the information about Aztec wrong. So the question I have here is, can we even accept anything Stephen says because he bought into this case? Well, it's the same as the new book that came out not so long ago by Jack Vallee. And, of course, the book that was supposed to be an event that occurred before Roswell in 1947. It's written with Paula Harris. That's correct, yes. And in the book Trinity, The Best Kept Secret, you know, there was a lot of contradicting elements within that book with witness testimony. And one of the things I found unbelievable was the fact that they had used some of the wreckage from the object as Christmas decorations. And um, it was something that I, I found very hard to believe myself, you know, in a way that uh, most of the witnesses in this, the, the few witnesses, seemed to be contradicting with their stories. And no one had heard about this. No one had heard anything about it. So I do agree with you in terms of that, that, you know, a lot of the reports of crashed UFOs does come, again, with a lot of contradicting evidence and levels of high strangeness that can't be proved. But there again, nothing in the UFO field investigations can be proved. So are we all barking up the wrong tree? We have no idea. <laughs> that might be true, but we're talking about something here where tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of people have seen UFOs. Yes, that's right. Absolutely. And I, I have to be counted as one of them. But when you've had the experience, um, you know, people say UFOs. To me, it didn't seem to appear to come from this side of life um, or where we are at present in the physical world. It just came in and came out. And it was very quick. So, you know, I think that, you know, if we are all believing that there are no such things as UFOs, then what is it that we're reporting? What are we seeing? What are we examining in terms of film footage, radar footage, that type of thing? It, it's just completely uh, strange. And also, in part to that, there are two constructs to the UFO uh, field of investigations. It's not just the viewing of the UFO, which seems to alter our sense of reality, but also then a deeper projection of what we call alien encounters that come on a completely different level and almost subtly integrating on a deeper level of the human psyche, uh, that is the subconscious mind, where it secretes itself. So I believe that perhaps we're dealing with an intelligence that is not so nuts and bolts in nature, if I can put it that way, unless, of course, the phenomena itself has a way of integrating or molding itself into our reality. That is to say that starting to take bits and pieces from our world and integrating itself on a physical level so that it's able to connect with us on that, that part. So it's certainly something to think about, isn't it? One of the things that uh, comes to my mind when uh, you were talking earlier 
about possible debris that had been found, uh, talking about you know, like Philip Corso in, in, in his book, is that a lot of times when this debris is found, it seems to have a very you know mundane terrestrial origin. And it has me thinking, if you go back and look into, say, like, uh, fairy lore, mm. when people interact with the Fae and are oftentimes given gifts, at first it appears that they have something truly magnificent, you know, a basket full of gold or jewels or, or what have you. But later that turns into, say, straw or sticks or, or something less than uh, spectacular. And a lot of times the UFO phenomena seems to follow that same kind of pattern. You know, I don't claim anything. I had some years ago now a very clear vision if that's the right word to use and it was very strange and i knew that it was the vision and not so much as a dream because there was some kind of hidden language within it in this vision i would find myself standing by an open window that was dark outside there was no glass in the window i could put my hand through it and i could see above the window a ufo spectacular absolutely incredible it looked so real to me. It was so solid. And I, and I felt like, my goodness, that is real. I, w I want to know what that is. I want to know what the UFO is. And as it came closer and closer, what I held in my hand was the first one was a dirty metal old pipe. The second vision on the second night played out exactly the same. But in this vision, as the UFO came closer, it turned into a dirty bottle. My uh, question is that is the phenomena something that molds itself into an item or something that we wouldn't be able to even understand? You know, is it something that is so close to us that we can't see it? Or, you know, does the phenomena mold into our reality and is deliberately we won't be able to catch it. We don't know what it is. So I understand from what you're saying there, Tim, that it's these cases where people go on a UFO and one person at one event saw this kind of modern clock thing wanted to take it and that was told and it was it was taken back from them the same with betty hill when she wanted this book that seemed to be holographic in nature and there was an argument with the entities saying to uh, saying to her that she couldn't have it when she'd been promised the book so over and over again you get these very strange occurrences whereby you know abductees or experiences or whatever see something they think my goodness that's pr the proof that i need and when they when it comes to taking it they're they're not denied it um so again we can see with fairy or the fae as you call them which is the correct terminology and in terms of all these strange experiences not always ufo related um, where you know, this phenomena occurs i will tell you something quite strange though philip mantle um told me a story that's well known within his family about his mother um, and his mum, uh, as a child, had gone out into the fields. And his mum, Philip Mantle's mum, was a no-nonsense lady, very grounded, very black and white. And when she was a child, she actually met this fairy. And this fairy told her that if you drink this solution in this bottle, you'll you'll never get ill. You'll you'll be fine throughout all your life. Well, she drank it, and of course, nothing in her life. <laughs> ever did happen to her until of course she did pass over so she never became ill or anything like that and of course philip mantle will tell you straight on that's exactly what happened so you know most people would stand back and say that's impossible i don't believe that that was just a dream you must have you know been seen something else but again 
these levels of high strangeness continue over and over again. So I think this intelligence, whatever it is, does not want to make a personal interaction with us on any level. It's quite plain to see. I mean, can you blame them as the human species? I mean, we don't even know how to deal with one another, let alone another intelligence. But at the same token, it's possible that the phenomena, there are two aspects to this. It's possible to the, that the phenomena is out for its own means. Uh, that means it wants something from us or it's trying to get us to follow a path that we, we shouldn't really be going down, that it wants us to go down. Or it is possible entirely that we're, we're dealing with a phenomena that, you know, does not have our best interests at heart. I want to ask you more about its interests in us and whether it has our best interests in heart. We have Philip and Jean and Tim, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Tehebo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea helps build red corpuscles in the blood, which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop, and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit shopsupertea.com. The first word is shop, spelled S-H-O-P, then the word super, and then the word tea. The complete website is shopsupertea.com or call us at 818-984-6100 Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-984-6100. ShopSuperTea.com. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Of course, we have ETs, alleged ETs, higher beings talking to earthlings and saying, got to get your acts together, folks. The environment, peace, love, and all that good stuff. Like Ringo Starr says, peace and love. And that's fine. But they are totally incapable 
of helping us do anything about it. They just preach to us. Yes, that's right. They seem to have their own agenda. I've based most of my research on the greys, and my understanding is that we are dealing with an entity or a force that lies to people. Um, it's interesting how the abduction phenomena occurs on a level, as I stated back in 1996, reminiscent to that of a near-death experience, you know, where the essence, the real essence of the individual is removed in a near-death experience. They travel down a tunnel, they meet their dead loved ones, they communicate via telepathy, there is a sense of timelessness. And when they returned, if their physical body is diseased, in a lot of cases, there is a correction in the biological sense of them not having any more disease. Now, within an abduction, the greys seem to bring the essence or the real essence of you into their field of uh, energy, their reality. And it could be possible that uh, most of these memories are secreted deep within the subconscious mind because where the individual is removed from the uh, physical housing their body into the realm of the greys, that there is no more conscious recording as we have here, because they're taking to a timeless state. But it's interesting how an interth experience can remember all of the events and an abduction, an abductee, as it were, cannot. So I think that we're dealing with an, a force, an energy, which is not what we've been led to believe within the media cartel in terms of spacemen coming from another planet. I think this is half the problem. I think the system that, that, that we serve has deliberately denied any evidence of ufology or alien contact contact, but then again promoted it in a ridiculous guise like, oh, they're coming from another planet, all this type of thing. I think the phenomena is far more complex and nefarious in nature and agreed with you there, Gene, most definitely. It has not helped us evolve or has it in some respects leaving little trinklets for us to find and develop so that we would end up becoming some type of AI technology. And quite frighteningly, we can see that human empathy is being removed. The, the very essence of what makes us as human beings is being removed. And as we look at the greys themselves, I'll take them as a typical example because they're the most famous within UFO literature. They themselves appear to have no empathy, no understanding of emotion, no understanding of love or taste of smell of aging. It's almost as if they themselves, through perhaps the art of replication, of cloning, have lost them, the very essence of what they are, what they were, what they once represented, unlike us humans, which go through a reproductive cycle of, of incarnation, reincarnation, that type of thing, if you want to get involved in that. You know, we've pigeoned ourselves too much with regards to brackets like like it's physical, it's this, it's that, when there could be a, a combination of things that we are still denying in terms of human consciousness and what we represent as humans on, on a much deeper level. Because if you look at Genesis, it's, it's like a, a Sunday school version that doesn't make any sense. So I think that, you know, in terms of that, in, in light of that, the system we serve has lied to us and continues to lie to us and keeps feeding us this rubbish that, that oh, it's this or it's that or we're not going to talk about this. I do herald a lot of great researchers within the world trying to put the pieces together and not those just out to make a lot of money for themselves and walk the red carpet of fame and fortune, but those serious dedicated individuals that are trying to find out just what we're dealing with. So I do believe that the phenomena is real. We don't understand it, but at least we have some kind of theoretical models to work around in trying to ascertain what we are up against. Again, I agree with Eugene and Tim. It doesn't seem to have our best interests at heart. The love and light nature of contact. I mean, you know, where does that end? You know, they haven't helped 
helped us uh, dealing with energy crisis, with the uh, environmental conditions of the planet. All these truths and things that we're told from people, not, none of them have come to light. So who's fooling who and who is playing whom? That is the question, isn't it? Whitley Strieber, in his more recent books, has taken to suggesting that these entities have an existence that is that is beyond our knowledge of of time and space that they that they live in a you know timeless environment and that what they're trying to achieve is to somehow join with us on the physical plane so that they can also enjoy the benefits of a how do i put it a living in an environment that has time you know so that they can enjoy that that mystery of what's going to happen tomorrow because right now they know what's going to happen tomorrow they know what ha- you know what's 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 going to happen from the very beginning because you know time is uh, yeah it is open to us yes it's and I, I yeah I, I mean i just i find that just a, a really an interesting hypothesis Yes, I mean, you know, we all have our hypothesis as researchers. Mine led definitely to the area of um, near-death experience, of the soul of consciousness, and the problems with replication on a spiritual level. Whitley Strieber may very well be right. We've got to understand that these beings may be coming from another ultraverse or, you know, somewhere very different from us, and uh, that they have found a species that can reproduce. If they themselves cannot reproduce, this is the question that begs the question, why are the greys interested in human reproduction? That was one of the questions I wanted to highlight. Why, if it is true, which I believe to a degree, the hybridization program, why would a species that cannot reproduce be interested in reproduction and create a new genus. My argument is it's possible that we as a human species are near the end of our line, that we are, you know, in the the, the, the throughs of self-destruction. And it could be possible that the greys, my idea, are creating a new genus that is able to exist beyond this level, beyond this universe, to salvage what it can. It's a possibility of what is what could be created somewhere else. It is only hypothetical in nature, um, you know, and we have to use theoretical models to think, although it doesn't say that, you know, this is the way it is. But, you know, why is it that the modus operandi of the greys is so secret? Um, and it's also monstrous within its uh, extreme. And you'll find that a lot of people who have had experiences with UFOs, you know, that they once considered negative over time, see it as a kind of positive um, outlook. Um, I, I had an experience many years ago that I'm not going to go into. I think I've addressed it before in 1989. And my experience was very negative in nature. And one researcher in America told me that the only reason I had a ne- negative experience was because I was a negative person. No, I'm not a negative person. I'm very grounded, very black and white. And, you know, I don't, I don't deal with fairy or folklore. I just want to get to the bottom of the truth. And this guy had it all worked out. You know, unfortunately, within ufology, you have those people who point the finger and, you know, have everything worked out. I have always admired Whitley Strieber's work. Um, and with his, his theories, I think they're just as well. And you'll find that uh, Strieber himself had, and through, obviously, very sadly, uh, through his own personal conditions in life, turned also into the spiritual arena, which is very interesting because I think that when we lose those people we love, it opens another area within our consciousness 
um, which wants us to explore, you know, alternative dimensions of reality. And this is when I go back to suggest um, most definitely that we've been so rigid within our approach to ufology, um, you know, putting them in boxes and labeling them when there could be a much wider spectrum of connection between one to the other. Another example, I know I'm going off the market, but I need to say it. You go into the national forests and you hear these reports of Sasquatch, of Dogman and all these other creatures that are seen, nefarious type creatures. They all have glowing eyes. Now, that is impossible. And people say, oh, it's because they have been genetically engineered by own governments. Well, what's the reason for them genetically engineering these beings? And some people will say it's to protect certain sites within these national forests or underground centers. No, it means the phenomena itself appears through our eyes to be supernatural. There is no way that a living being can have glowing red eyes, not <laughs> on the earthly sense that is. Well, think of it this way. They have glowing eyes if they are gold in Stargate SG-1. More to come with Gene and Tim and Philip. If you're in the Barry cast. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. I had no idea it would destroy my life. But before it happened, I had a successful business in Austin, Texas. Everyone laughed at me when I shut that business down, but I could not ignore the wake-up call. I was volunteering on a project to get locally grown food into a school. That project was a complete failure, and I discovered that there were few local farmers, there's only four days' worth of food in the grocery stores, and everything comes 1,500 miles via a just-in-time trucking system. I lost friends and family who told me I was crazy to worry about that, but I kept at it. I'm Marjorie Wildcraft. Those of us who know what's going on in the world know you need to become self-reliant before the dollar collapses. I've created a free webinar at GCNfood.com. I can show you, like I've shown hundreds of thousands of people, how to grow lots of food, even if you have no experience, you're older, or you're out of shape. Do it now, before the stores are boarded up and food is not available at any price. Go to GCNfood.com. GCNfood.com. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. I started fighting the IRS over 40 years ago when they tried to seize my mother's house. I sued the IRS and won. I beat the IRS then, and I've been beating them ever since. I wrote the book on tax debt settlement, and I've helped thousands of people deal with tax problems they thought might never be solved. I can help you too. If you owe taxes you can't pay, don't wait another day. There's no such thing as a hopeless tax case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX or go to my website, danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com, danpilla.com. Radio. Why should I advertise on radio? There's nothing to look at. No pictures. Listen, you can do things on radio you couldn't possibly do on TV. That'll be the day. All right, watch this. 
Okay, people, and now when I give you the cue, I want the 700-foot mountain of whipped cream to roll into Lake Michigan, which has been drained and filled with hot chocolate. Then the Royal Canadian Air Force will fly overhead, towing a 10-ton maraschino cherry, which will be dropped into the whipped cream to the cheering of 25,000 extras. All right, cue the mountain. Now, you want to try that on television? Well... You see, radio is a very special medium because it stretches the imagination. Advertising your business with GCN is simple, effective, and more affordable than you might think. Visit advertise.gcnlive.com for more info. Take your business to the next level. Bad theater seats, cheap Halloween masks, my apartment, all things with obstructed views. Add to these large trucks and buses. 18-wheelers and large buses have big blind spots, and like my apartment, they don't always have the best view. Bus and truck drivers deal with blind spots around the entire vehicle. Always take care not to ride alongside or too close behind them. Our roads, our responsibility. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Remember that in the Stargate SG-1 TV series, the movie, The Gold, are parasites that possess humans... And when they're speaking with a strange filter on their voice, like Darth Vader, I am your father. When they're doing that, their eyes are glowing. Yes. And that we also have to take into account what we call the supernatural angle. There's a, a lot of people in the religious sectors who, who understand that what we're dealing with are demonic in nature. And there is every possibility to assume if we can take and stretch our minds a little bit outside the box of what we are discussing, that such beings in the etheric level of reality have somehow bridged the gap between their level to our level and are trying to kind of like incarnate or bring themselves into this world. I mean, it's highly speculative in nature. And one of the things you'll find in ufology is that most people are dead. And sorry, I have to use the word dead against any suggestion that we're dealing with demons. But again, demonology, possession, all these types of things are evident. So this just confuses the matter even more, muddies the waters in terms of what we're dealing with. Yeah, we have, of course, this alleged group within the government of the U.S. called the Collins Elite. Oh, yes. Talking about demonic UFOs, my wife's late uncle, Louis Kaplan, a Jew for Jesus, I guess we'll call him, an evangelist. And their theory, his group, his sect, was that the UFOs were run by a demonic force. And if you cited the Lord's Prayer, at least one of them, you'd make them go away. Yes, I've heard that as well. Yeah, definitely. And certainly in cases of uh, demonic possession, the same thing has occurred. So, you know, what angle do we take? I think that 
the subject matter itself has been promoted, boxed and sold as like aliens from another planet, us from the future, aliens from the future, or, you know, UFOs coming from within the Earth, or that perhaps it's demons coming through to us as well, or that, you know, it could be some form of intelligence that's operating outside our reality. There's even the suggestion that, you know, we're kind of like, you know, rats in a laboratory and that these aliens are in control of us. We, we hear this so often, even to the point where some people have stated that there's an antennae on the moon that's sending all this information through to us. It's great to have these ideas and it's great to knock them about. But my understanding truly, deeply, is that this phenomena is so highly complex in nature. And I mean highly complex. And it's very clever but continuously eludes our sense of reality. And I think this phenomenon, whatever it represents, is doing this deliberately. I've met those people who are love and light. And, you know, uh, one lady I remembered seeing on TV was saying that she was taken on a spaceship with the greys and she was dancing and having a great time on the moon, all minus the helmet. And, of course, you know, <laughs> mainstream media will promote this because the powers that be want to mock and ridicule the subject. I think myself personally that there is a very darker reason behind this. I'm not saying it's all dark. I think that there possibly could be some beings who are out there somewhere. But it's just so crazy to think that all these decades later, with all these brilliant minds, that we're still fighting and scrapping over theories and trying to work out just what it is that we're dealing with. And again, we have little or no evidence to substantiate that claims. I think a lot of ufologists look up to the military in the hope that they will reveal all and say, yes, we have their crafts, here they are. Come and have a look at the dead bodies that we have in storage. You can examine it for yourself. You can bet your bottom dollar, I'm sure you both are the same. If you're invited to go and see a real UFO, you'll be there. You want to look at it, you want to feel it, you want to examine it, you want to, you want to see it. But continuously, the phenomena is like the fairy tales, tales of old. It continuously eludes us. One minute it's here, then the next minute it's gone. You know, so we have nothing, no equipment, really, other than radar and photography, to measure the phenomena, this singularity. We have nothing. And a lot of it seems to stem, as I said before, within human consciousness. I think that this force is able to interact with us on that level, rather like the signals to your mobile phone that's unique to you to a degree. Maybe this force is able to connect into your signals and come into your reality, into your memories. And it could be quite possible that they are able to alter memories as they go into your data bank system as it were. So I think this is why we're having problems trying to sort out, you know, what we're actually dealing with in terms of its reality. It is real, but as I said before, it continuously eludes our sense of awareness over and over again. I think a lot of people would be uh, really disappointed to find out that the military and the government probably doesn't know that much more about the UFO phenomena than the <laughs> yes. rest of us. I think you're absolutely right there because they must know a little more than what we do. And I think that they're at pains to tell the public, look, we understand the phenomena is real, but hey, folks, 
I'm sorry to shatter that wonderful bubble that you have. It's not quite the way that we've sold it to you in terms of the media. It operates on a very different level of reality and something we or they even can't control. So I think this is going to be a major problem. And this is probably why the system that we serve is sidetracking to reveal information because they won't know how to tell the public. Everyone's crying out for disclosure and everyone's wanting disclosure. But I don't think that disclosure will come quite the way that people will expect. At least that's my understanding of it. You know, one of the things that bothers me about the government top secret information about UFOs is we disbelieve the government on many things, depending on your political beliefs. You believe them on COVID, you disbelieve them on COVID. Whatever they tell you, there's going to be a lot of people who will say that's nonsense. Other people will believe it. Some will kind of be in the middle like I am, where some things I would go along with, some things I wouldn't. So why would you believe anything they tell you about UFOs? You don't believe them for anything else. Why believe them about UFOs, especially if you maintain they've been lying to you all these years? Exactly. There's no transparency. And the system has created a model that's quite perfect, actually quite brilliant, where it muddies the waters. It needs conspiracy to survive and it yearns for the conspiracy. As you both know, conspiracy is merely a psychological weapon to turn the finger of doubt upon the inquiring mind. So with any case that comes forward, they want people to come in and have different opinions. They want people to argue because it covers their tracks. You know, I don't believe for one moment that what the system we serve is starting to reveal. Well, it hasn't really revealed anything, has it? In fact, you know, what was it, nine pages that we had? Really? Goodness me, I couldn't believe it. You know, you're not telling me that the military and the uh, secret industrial complex that knows a little bit more than what we do, perhaps, hasn't examined and explored the subject matter at hand. Of course it has. And I think it still eludes them. I think this is why they, they don't have any answers. And this laughable thing thing about bringing these scientists forward to examine it. Come on. I mean, even the scientists at Skinwalker Ranch there, some brilliant minds, still don't understand what we're up against. It's it's a foregone conclusion. (laughs) You know, we did feature Dr. Kelleher, one of the scientists from Skinwalker Ranch, and he was a fascinating guest, and he made a big deal here of one aspect that they don't talk about, although it's in the appropriations bill for the U.S. government, and that is human effects. You see something strange and comes to your house with you uninvited. More to come with the invited Philip, the invited Tim and Jean, who knows? You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Tahibo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. As a result, it naturally has antifungal, anti-infection, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system. And it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit shopsupertea.com. The first word is shop, spelled S-H-O-P, then the word super, and then the word tea. 
The complete website is shopsupertea.com or call us at 818-984-6100 Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-984-6100, shopsupertea.com. USA News Update. The number of loaded guns that the TSA say people brought to airports nationwide this year has been record-setting. More than 6,300 firearms have made it as far as security checkpoints so far in 2022. Officials expect that number to reach 6,600 by the end of the year. Firearms are not allowed in carry-on bags or onboard aircraft. Getting caught with a gun at the airport or on a plane can cost you nearly $15,000 as the fine for firearms violations has been increased. I'm Jeremy Scott. Virginia Democrats hoping to defeat portions of Governor Glenn Youngkin's budget plan that would include some controversial abortion limits. An official in Germany where a 46-foot aquarium burst, speculating the rupture there, the result of material fatigue. Aaron Judge's record-setting home run has a buyer bidding closing yesterday, pulling in about $1.5 million. Corey Myers, U.S. Extendivite really works. Here's just a few testimonials from Amazon. RL, five stars. Been taking this for two months now. I feel better. Have more energy. April, My husband started taking Extendivite, and he said he feels much better and has more energy. EW, need to try. Everyone needs this for their health. Great product, great people. Josie, it works great. This product has made my blood pressure and cholesterol stable. I highly recommend it. JC, great product, has worked well these last few years. To get your Extendivite today, go to Extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Or call us at 1-877-928-8822. Extend your life with Extendivite. You don't sit behind a desk every day to earn a living. You're out and about making it happen. And sometimes you get a little bit behind on your paperwork, you know, like bookkeeping and paying your taxes. It's easy to get behind on paying your taxes. It happens to the best of us. And you know what happens next. The big, bad IRS comes knocking on your door. And when that happens, you need to call the good old boys at the tax doctor. Let them do what they do best. Deal and negotiate with the IRS so you pay the lowest you can in back taxes that the law allows. We are a 100% U.S.-based company, and we've saved our clients millions over the years in back taxes. If you owe $10,000 or more in back taxes, call my friends right now at the tax doctor and learn more. 800-932-5140. That's 800-932-5140. This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. On our premium show after the Paracast, which we expect to have you on, we might go more into what the governments are doing. Right now, let's just get back to the various aspects of UFOs. But let me just raise that. So we have, of course, John Burroughs suffering possible ill effects, heart issues. He has to fight the government to get them to pay for his medical care, the VA. We have Cash Landrum incident. 
We also have situations where people see UFOs, they go home, and all hell breaks loose. What's your take on all that? Well, it appears there are two ways that we can look at this. Is it possible that the singularity, when it affects or comes into our realm, our reality, creates some kind of distortion within time and space, like a rip in the fabric of time and space? And uh, like, you know, the oceans, when we send a ship across the ocean through calm water, it creates waves. I've thought about this quite a lot, the hitchhiker effect. People are affected, I mean, you know, not only physically, but also mentally. Um, with regards to any encounters with a lot of UFO um, experiences, especially where aliens are concerned. But I wonder whether or not this force, it opens some kind of portal and what people are experiencing, some kind of residue uh, that's, that connects to the individual. Um, I have thought about that quite a lot, and I think it's very interesting. And there are true cases of this occurring with people around the world. They call the hitchhiker effect. Most notably, what I also found, which many other people have found, is that when you've had some kind of experience, it seems to uh, kind of like open up a part of the mind uh, psychically so that people become more in tune with themselves, with the world, with people. You know, not so much as love and light, but they seem to be able to communicate with the deceased. Uh, a, a whole manner of things begins to uh, occur here. And this is very interesting in the extreme, but certainly with cases, negative cases, where UFOs have been seen, that you get poltergeist activity occurring, um, you know, discarnate voices being heard, uh, orbs being seen. And it's the light phenomenon that's very interesting, because if you look at, you know, mediums, they see lights, more lights in different colors. And what's interesting is the UFO phenomena does present itself in the in most cases of these different colored lights, but much larger and more overpowering in nature. So I do believe that perhaps we are dealing with a, a different aspect of something which is interdimensional in, in terms of that. But I have heard quite a lot about this hitchhiker effect and, of course, the dangers that occur to an individual. Um, it was Robert Bigelow, wasn't it, that uh, originally owned Skinwalker. And, of course, he appears to be a frightened man because he doesn't want anything to do with it, really, does he? Well, the other you mentioned uh, 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 poltergeist. There, I mean, it's it's a well-known phenomena with uh, uh, poltergeist types of hauntings that um, it will appear in other people's houses, especially um, if they've had uh, any kind of contact. I mean, there's even been cases where somebody has written a letter from a poltergeist-infected house and sent it, only to find that the uh, recipient of that letter then starts to experience uh, the, the, the same kind of uh, phenomena. Yes, and I also will state to you both that I have actually investigated a real-life poltergeist here in England, and let me tell you, that phenomena is real. It actually exists. What it was, we couldn't tell you. You know, people say, you know, it's discarnate spirit or it's an angry spirit. We have no idea. We, we couldn't work out what it was or, you know, there was no form of communication. But it's interesting that I think this phenomena seems to mould itself into our reality and perhaps it can mould itself in varied forms. But there again, a poltergeist is destructive. There is no meaning behind, um, you know, it's causing damage and destruction. 
or creating sometimes illnesses. The same with the abduction phenomena with aliens. I mean, they don't leave any really clear, real clear messages. They just want what they want, take it, and they leave you more confused than what you had been before. So I, I do believe that it's possible that this phenomena may open up our portal, it may distort other areas or other dimensions around its sphere as it comes into our reality. And this creates some kind of residue that is left, uh, you know, sometimes temporarily. And I don't think it lasts for very long in most cases. So, yeah, that is very interesting, definitely. And you hear a lot of these portals opening that was mentioned in Skinwalker Ranch, where beings with step out of these portals from nowhere there were portals being seen where people could see another world through these portals very different from the one that we exist in so there is a plethora of absolutely crazy and incredibly strange phenomena that occurs but the, what's interesting is the ufos seem to be at the heart of this um, you know, they're seen coming around or, you know, being around clo the close vicinity of uh, the air, the proximity of the area. And also, um, we can't go into because it it's too deep, but also cattle mutilations as well. Now, there's another area which is extremely strange, to say the least, and quite worrying. Because the system we serve has also seemed to counteract it any claims of human mutilation which have been recorded but again a lot of researchers that tried to go into that seem to be silenced or that they come out with another ridiculous example of how this body was found and what what occurred you know uh, this this type of thing so i think that the you know this whole structure of the ufo phenomena is so complex within its symmetry i think that uh, i will just stand by my thoughts of the models that i create the same with any other researcher and i think it's good that other people are reaching out to, to others to try and compare notes but you know it not everyone agrees on the same thing that's that's the worrying part to it all it is interesting that the uh, ufo phenomena does tend to mold itself into uh, whatever the belief system of the person that is being targeted. Absolutely, absolutely. And I will tell you, going back very quickly, that um, Nigel Ross, uh, a friend of mine who's connected with New Force, the National UFO Reporting Service, which he created here in England, we wrote to Parliament and said to them here in England, to a prominent member within the, the board, that, you know, could we meet? Could we talk about UFOs? Let's put everything on the table. Let's work together as a team. We got nothing back. Silence. And this is, this is the levels of high strangeness we continuously find. The phenomena also does seem to integrate through your own belief system. And, you know, some people say the greys have been seen and in integrated now into the minds of millions of people. Well, perhaps the force behind it is using that as a way of getting through to individuals. Uh, no, no more than, say, back in the days when it was the Fae or the goblins or, you know, whatever. UFOs changed through the epochs from, you know, dirigibles to ghost rockets to flying saucers to triangles. It seems to me that the phenomena is always one step ahead of us. And I think that's very interesting. Uh, you know, is this a projection of ourselves trying to push ourselves forward and through some kind of conscious restriction that the system is imposed upon us is now fighting, is trying to get out of this, this condensed version of, of life where we're told that we live and we die, that, you know, that the universe started with a big bang and that's it. It doesn't make any sense. And I think that in the end of the day, it's only through science, perhaps, that we'll be able to truly find uh, a few more answers to those questions that we seek. 
I've always said that uh, when the time comes that we actually make it to another world that has intelligent life, that we'll say to them, you know, why have you been flying around in our skies, you know, with uh, UFOs all these years and never communicated with us? And their answer will be us. We thought it was you flying around in our skies. Yeah, I think this is only part of the journey, though. Myself, personally, I think that we're not going to get all the answers here while we're here in this limited time that we each have. I think this is a walkthrough. I think there is a greater reality beyond this one. And I think perhaps I'm not saying that when we pass over that everything will be revealed to us. But I certainly think that we're only seeing part of that and it's coming in and out. And I think that, you know, perhaps through our progression as souls, through our development as souls, through our evolution going forward, that perhaps more and more will be explained to us in terms of, of what it means to be human and why we are here. Philip will beam up to join us on the After the Paracast podcast also. That's part of the Paracast Plus streaming service at theparacast.plus. We'll find out what's here in a moment with Gene and Tim. And Philip, you're in the Paracast. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Hey, listeners. I want you to have the entire Paracast experience. So I'd like to tell you about After the Paracast. After the Paracast is an exclusive feature for subscribers to the Paracast Plus. With After the Paracast, you never know what's going to happen next. After the Paracast features color commentary, special interviews, and further conversations with Paracast guests. With Paracast Plus, you can download a very special enhanced version of the Paracast also. We do offer exclusive music, videos, and more features are coming. To get more info about subscribing, please visit theparacast.plus. Once again, theparacast.plus. Prices are just $1.50 a week, less than a cup of coffee at your local convenience store. Check out theparacast.plus to learn more about Paracast Plus. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your family family's health insurance, it's not worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. 800-670-0946. 800-670-0946. 800-670-0946. That's 800-670-0946. Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? 
$1,000. Ouch. And the IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how did it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. <laughs> I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes, take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax manager hotline now 800-503-8625-800-503-8625-800-503-8625 hi this is sophie winnick longtime distributor and user of longevity products in the last few years my family went through a crisis everything else in my life including my business had to be put on the back burner thankfully life is getting back to normal now but the one thing i never had to worry about was my business and my monthly commission i've been a distributor for longevity for over 17 years since before it was longevity and i've got to say the most amazing thing about this company is the people while my family was in crisis other distributors stepped in and helped my customers simply because that's what longevity people do even for people they don't know for me it has never been about getting rich it was about a product I could stand behind, a company I could count on, and a monthly commission check that has never not once been late in 17 years. Longevity is truly a business for everyone, even people who have too much to do. I'm Sophie Winnick. I'm just like you. I have a real life, real ups and downs, but I know I will always have longevity. This is me, the Merciless. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio, exactly according to my plan. More excitement with Philip and Jean and Tim. And by the way, Philip will stay with us. Hang with us for a little bit more time for the After the Paracast podcast. You know, an interesting thing occurs to me when we talk about all the strange phenomena, and that is... Is it ever going to be solved or will be talking about this till the end of time? I think at this present moment in our time that nothing will be revealed. I personally feel that, you know, the phenomena has been with us for decades and we are still scratching our heads. But one of the interesting parts to this is that the phenomena seems to be increasing and also becoming more advanced within its development. So, you know, I I don't think that at the moment we'll have any true answers. And as I said before, I'm so grateful, like many others, for those real good researchers trying to find the truth. But that truth is almost like chasing fairy lights. We're never going to reach it at this point. And as I stated, I think it's got a lot more to do with consciousness. And Tim also suggested here that do you think, uh, you know, the phenomena integrates on us on a very personal level? Yes, I do. I believe it shapes itself into our reality and how we ourselves translate that reality. From one person having negative experiences, there could be another one having love and light, but we have to kind of like find the distinction between fact and fantasy. This is where the problem lies and I think this is why we have such a difficulty in understanding what's going on because there's so much contradicting information to the data we're trying to accrue with regards to exploring the UFO phenomena as a whole. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to really take for people 
we're going to have to have uh, that great leap in understanding of consciousness and our place in reality in the universe. Right now, we're so entrenched into the material. I I mean, you know, scientists are still. It's the material world and there's nothing else. There obviously is a lot more to that, but until we get past that point... I don't think we're ever going to be able to understand the UFO phenomena or psychic phenomena or, or anything else. Yes, I think the old model is crumbling. I think there's a species we are, you know, going around in circles once again. And if we're not careful, we will see to the end of our species once again. It's the same old story, the suppression of human consciousness, the control. The mental subjugation, I think that if people, uh, most notably our systems, have been open and very honest to begin with, we may be in a far different place from where we are at present. It's the same with religion, with religious ideologies, the suppression of human consciousness, restriction of how we think and feel as sentient beings. I think this is the problem, and I think now we've come into a cul-de-sac that we can't get out of. And certainly the way that the media apply the fact that little planet Earth is the only planet in the whole of the entire universe and we don't even know what the universe is we're still trying to explore that ideas change continuously with regards to the model of how they once thought things worked like a a clock but we're finding that it it doesn't work that way and we go into the realm of quantum mechanics quantum theory we're discovering that there seems to be more involved in that in the small aspects of what is than the larger aspects of what's around us so you know i think that we're going to go around in a circle continuously until the establishments change the way we think and feel about ourselves most notably before we start considering you know out there in the universe what's been the uh, reaction to uh this new updated version of of star crash the sky crash well i mean it's been mixed it's been very mixed and this is the thing as i said before when you start to step into an area that you don't feel very comfortable with that's what i felt anyway you know you can't be any better than anyone else and your experience can't match someone else's so it's been quite tough but we are hopeful that people will be able to understand there is more linked with the phenomena at rendlesham forest beyond 1980 events that occurred with the american military there the events of ufology and paranormal activity before and afterwards so that was what we wanted to present within that book um, uh, quite definitely. And you'll find also in that book that there was a so-called extraterrestrial that infiltrated a lot of key members with the NEOFO community. And even um, Lord Admiral Hill Norton, um, uh, who sadly is no longer with us, apart, departed a long time ago, was involved with this. So, you know, have a look at the book and um, see what you think and uh, make up your own mind. The original book, there was uh, problems with the the publication that nobody, at least Brenda and, and, and the original writers, could figure out just exactly what was going on. Well, apparently a thousand copies of the book, Sky Crash, A Cosmic Conspiracy, that was released in 1984, was hidden. They couldn't mm. find out where they were. And of course, you know, the book didn't find its way into bookshops and that type of thing. Of course, that was back in the day where you had the classic old-fashioned publishing where the books had to go into bookshops otherwise, or catalogues, otherwise it wouldn't be sold. But also, um, I think it uh, did the book a lot of good when it appeared in paperback not long afterwards. I know that Jenny Randalls, the British ufologist, fought for that. She worked very hard to get that book out there. But I think she was very frustrated with a lot of the uh, witness testimony 
and also of, of, of the frustration of trying to get the book out there. You know, they had problems. It's like re history repeating itself with this book. The same thing seems to occur, you know. It's like, oh, my Lord, where, you know, you just try and help some people out and getting the book out there, and it, it feels like you've done a bad deed, but, you know, it's there anyway for people to read. And Philip Mantle has been very instrumental, as with any cases that he's involved with, and any author or researcher in getting their work out there, which is uh, very rewarding. I mean, as I said, we don't make a lot of money from it, but it's... It's the joy and also the research and the truth of trying to find out what we are dealing with, what we're up against. And you'll find in that book, Sky Crash, throughout time, you know, even stranger events that have occurred are unbelievable. But, you know, researching it and also interviewing the witnesses, especially to the so-called extraterrestrial, I can tell you those people were not lying to me. Not not at all. <laughs> yeah, Jenny Randall's even uh, went afterwards and... Had her wrote her own book, uh, was out of the blue. Oh yes, pub, that's right. Yeah, published by uh, Tim Beckley's Interlight Publications. Yes, that's right. But you'll find that Jenny Randall's opinions have changed, you know, like so many other researchers. And the same with Roswell. To begin with, in the heat of the moment, everyone's on top of it. And then afterwards, a lot of people sadly disband because they're disillusioned by not being able to get to the truth, as it were. But I can assure you that error is real. You know, there's a lot of paranormal activity that did occur there when we were there. I think perhaps it's still uh, occurring. Uh, Brenda Butler has not been very well, um, so she's not been able to venture into the forest because she used to take a lot of people around there. And I can assure you, on one occasion in broad daylight with no trees around, she spoke about these stones, red hot stones disappearing from the sky. And that's exactly what happened. We were walking with a group of people. She was ahead. And these stones started to fall from the sky, rather like paranormal activity or poltergeist activity. And she said to me, go and pick it up. You'll find it's hot. And it was red hot. Strange, eh? Okay. Philip Kinsella, tell our listeners in detail where they can find more of your stuff. Yeah. Well, you can find me on the uh, Facebook or on the website, www.thekinsellatwins.com. And you can find the book Sky Crash, the new book, the reprinted book, a new version, new pictures on Amazon as paperback, uh, hardback, Kindle and audio. And that's published under Philip Mantle's Flying Disc Press. Works for me. What do you have coming up next? Um, I have a new book that I've just finished. I'm not going to give the title out. It's a new UFO book, and that will be appearing next year. I've completed that project. It's about the greys and also about uh, cryptozoology, a little bit about that, and formulating some new models or, uh, you know, theories centered around them. And uh, I'm halfway through a new UFO book that's uh, hopefully going to be taken by another publisher. You can find us on Twitter, as long as Twitter exists. If you go for the Paracast, check the Paracast on Facebook. Check out the Paracast shop at theparacast.shop, where we have branded merchandise for listeners of the show. We also offer a streaming service, the Paracast Plus, at theparacast.plus for sign-up info. We give you the show free of the network ads and the After the Paracast podcast, where we will be hearing more from Philip Kinsella. How about them apples? Okay. And by the way, we have a special deal. If you use the coupon code UFO20, UFO20, you get a 20% discount on five-year and lifetime subscriptions to Paracast.plus, the Paracast.plus. Philip Kinsella, thank you for joining us on the Paracast. 
Thank you very much, Jean and Tim. I'm really very grateful to both of you for having me on your wonderful show. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast.